Advanced Principles Podcast, or app, was created to be an outlet for like-minded individuals to share in the broader conversations on leadership, retail market updates, and incredible personal success stories. On app, you will hear a collection of stories from the titans of the retail industry, as well as thought and practice leaders covering the spectrum of the economy. Please click the subscribe button and look for the newest episodes to be released. You start with customer experience first and work backwards from there. You're not accelerating it by having to check different KPIs for different rounds of funding and everything else that goes along with that. How transparent is that really? Because you are one of the most passionate, if not the most passionate people about the customer journey and the customer experience. You've been in enough service drives. You know the, the service writer and, and the service directors that are 20, 30 years in the industry. Yep. Listen, the last thing they want to do is anything other than pick up a phone and rest it on their shoulder and wait on hold for 37 minutes for an adjudicator to pick up. So kind of from the service drive up through the dealer principal's office, what has been the feedback that you've been getting? Well, you know, I'll illustrate that first by the current experience, and then the answer becomes very obvious. So how many customers read their service contract or warranty after the point of sale? Like almost none, right? Right. So what a customer does today is intuitively, they'll go back to their selling dealer when they need service. They'll go into the drive that says service. They'll roll in, they're introduced or greeted by the service advisor. And they'll say something like this. Hey, I bought my car here and I bought some protection products too and I need service support. Today, without our platform, the service advisor in many instances has to say, welcome to our service drive. What products did we sell you? Mm -hmm. That's a reality. It put, yeah, you, absolutely. The F&I industry puts the service advisor in a terrible position today. Yeah, it's an How excellent How many times, point. Ryan, does a, and again, I know you guys, your particular company is great at training service drives, but how many times does a service advisor in general learn about what's being sold in the F&I office for the first time when a customer's standing in front of them requesting service from it. Oh, absolutely. Right, this happens all the At, time. All the time. What does a customer think when they go, hey, do you happen to have a copy or a contract with you? Do you know your warranty number? Do you know who it's through? And the customer's like, wait a minute, I bought this from you. <laughs> right. Don't you know? Yep. Right. But that's the disconnect between the sales and the service side. And it erodes all types of confidence in oh the actual God. products that they purchased. Getting the customer back to the service drive is not retention. Retention yep. is having a good customer experience there. So the customer will return again. That's retention, yep. right? Yep. That kind of interaction, customer's not coming back. It's ridiculous. So, you know, dealers today have these world-class waiting rooms because they need them. Mm-hmm. Right. Go have yep. a seat, have a cup of coffee on us and a donut while we figure out what we sold you. Yep. That's the transaction today. So when dealers see our solution where you just have to, what's the customer's last name, scan the VIN barcode, and we hit all the associated administrators API to validate what coverage they have and provide a digital conduit to file a claim. What do you think they say? <laughs> the, the, re the reception is when it's presented the right way, the reception is, Where's this been? Right, exactly. Right? Yep. Um, it's actually caused a catalyst for sales on the front end. Because now when this becomes the new water level, 
the administrators that have alignment to it are starting to gain more business because their competitors who cannot fulfill the same result are losing because of the experience of their products. Yeah. Yeah. So there's been there's been a huge catalyst in in that kind of activity. The dealers are not the ones that I need to convince. Yep. They're, they're already there and I certainly don't need to convince a consumer. Yep. They're they're already there. And yep. agencies forward thinking like yours, I don't have to convince you guys either. Yep. Um it's just making sure that everybody, you know, like when I talk to a third party administrator, most are not happy that I allow other administrators in the same engagement environment. But this is not a play nice in the sandbox proposition. This is an annihilate your competition that can't fulfill the same result proposition. Yep. So, you know, that's a, it's a great way for you to acquire more business. Every administrator and every agent in almost every store has a portion of that business. Mm -hmm. And yep. everybody, every year, we're getting to that time of year where we're having these annual planning meetings, right? Yep. How next year, how are we going to grow our company better than we grew it this year? Yep. Um, everybody likes to talk about the proverbial low hanging fruit, the customers we already have. How can we do better with them and acquire more business with them? Yep. This is definitely a way to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so it's not just a service solution or customer experience solution as much as it is also a sales sword to differentiate. Because yeah. let's be honest too, and you know, I know a lot of people don't like to acknowledge this, but the F and I segment itself has become really commoditized. Mm -hmm. The 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 lines that differentiate one mechanical service contract from another or one gap program for another or one road hazard tire and wheel from another, those lines have gotten very thin. And what's really bad for the industry, bad for everybody, is when commoditization occurs, then price becomes the topic. Yep. Like, hey, Ryan, I'd love to do business with you. How cheap is your road hazard wheel and tire program? Yep. There comes to be a point where that really is not good for anybody. Mm -hmm. um, from a profitability standpoint, from a risk standpoint, on the administrator standpoint, the more we give away in price, or again, it's the same effect, the more exclusions we give away. Well, now we don't exclude this. Well, every time you do that, you're watering down the financial benefit of what it is. And what's ironic about that is all the things we fight over, um, the customer never sees. Yeah. Ever, right? Right. Um, do you ever hear uh, a presentation for paint and interior and somebody's talking about whether or not we cover dye transfer or not? No. Like, you know, that, that's a that's a battleground for which product am I going to use? Right. Because of the commoditization. It's got nothing to do with the end user. Yep. Um, yep. And, you know, I think that's also part of the contribution standpoint is, and there's leaders with louder voices than mine that are talking about it is the evolve or die. Um, and the thing I would say about this, because I've been around long enough too in the industry, the customer's not just evolving now, they've, they're always evolving. Yep. This was a 1995 topic as much as it is today. The problem is that when you're so far behind, you know, like when you said that the, this rich Amazon-like experience, how far is the auto industry away from that? A ways. It's a ways away from Yes, that, it right? is. And the more we delay, the more critical it becomes. Yep. And that's the challenge for everybody who calls himself a leader. Like when I hear people talk about, hey, you know, we're accelerating 
our support of digital retailing. That's not leadership. People are following now, yep. right? Yep. Um, what we have to contemplate as an industry is, and everybody who supports it is, is it the industry's mission to sell a car exclusively or to also earn a reoccurring customer? Mm -hmm. If the latter is true, what are we doing to contribute to that? Or are we a part of the disconnected from reality problem that, that prevails in our industry right now? Yeah. Yeah. That's something for everybody to reflect on because I believe in 2021, you're either part of the solution or you're part of the problem and there is no in-between. You're, mm. you're one or the other. Yeah. Um, and complacency and not making a vote is part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so certainly the, the platform has advanced significantly in the last five, six years from, from the onset and inception. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Where are we going from here? I mean, obviously there's a lot of things back in your uh, Skunk Works lab that I'm sure you're working <laughs> on and designing. So what, what is held in store for your dealer experience, Strategic DX, and yourself? You know, there's two things with technology. One is there is a responsibility for continual innovation. Um, you can't create a platform six years ago and think that it'll sustain six years later. So it, it's continuously redefining the quality of our product to make sure that in all the advancements that are in how people engage. And again, there's variables. We release our platform in an Android app version, an iOS app version, and a responsive website. So in those three different segments, we have to continually, like iOS 15 just came out, we have to make sure that we highly function and more importantly than that, take advantage of the advancements of iOS 15, mm -hmm. right, with our platform. So there's that, which is always a primary focus for us, which is, you know, keep the foundation strong yep. and make sure that we're continuing to advance with it. And then the other thing is when we're talking about a post-sales digital vacancy, how much stuff is there to innovate? Mm -hmm. There's a lot. A lot. Um, and what we're doing is we're not making that judgment on our own. Just like our advancement with selling service contracts or capturing missed service contracts and warranties after the point of sale digitally and our rewards program that we have. And, and I love talking about the rewards program because it's such a natural one. Again, it was inspired by a dealer and an agent. Um, everybody loves and understands the concepts of rewards. Mm -hmm. And a transaction's brilliant because everybody understands the terms of it. The more business I do with you, the more points I get. Yep. The more points I get, that's the best part, the more business I do with you. Mm -hmm. The transaction's beautiful, right? Yep. Well, why doesn't the automotive industry leverage that? We leverage that. I mean, I travel every week. You know, I have a rewards program with United Airlines because I'm based out of Denver and this is their hub, right? So I'm a United uh, Global Services member or Chick-fil-A or Starbucks or, you know, these things are predominant. Everywhere. Yeah, right. right. Uh, Prime itself by Amazon is a loyalty program mm -hmm. that yep. you pay for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do. Right? Yep. Um, but one of the challenges, again, that we're doing is, is unifying the mission. If every administrator, let's say, and tell me if this is an exaggeration, every dealer has at least two administrators in the F&I environment. At least two. I mean, the answer is always more than one, right? Yep. Um, so then beyond that, imagine if you had an app for administrator number one, 
an app for administrator number two, which the industry is a million miles away from every administrator having an app. And then you had a, re a separate rewards app, and then you had a separate dealer communication app. What's the likelihood of the consumer downloading and engaging all those apps? Very low. It doesn't, it won't happen. Yep. It's yep. just not a reality. So unifying this, you know, the word that's thrown a lot around a lot is to make it frictionless. Well, frictionless mm -hmm. simply means don't make it complicated. Yep. Right. The easier you make the engagement, the more likely a consumer is to engage. And, but you also have to have value in there for adoption. Like, you know, is when somebody buys their car, they're not thinking about filing a claim. So why would I download an app? Right. Right. So right. Mix in there dealer communication and the loyalty rewards program. Now there's a purpose for the dealer to download it on every customer's phone at the point of sale. And there's a purpose for the customer to want to retain it on their phone. Yep. Um, and these are some of the things. So, but as far as, again, I don't want to reveal too much of the secret sauce, but other, other things we're working on right now, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. That's perfect. And, and, it's, and it's always Ryan driven by the people that we're blessed to interact with. Yeah. Third-party administrators, the agents, the dealers, the consumers. Um, these things are very obvious. If you and I sat in a room for 30 minutes, we could come up with 20 things we could add to the app. Yeah. And it would yeah. all be credible, right? Yeah. Very um, cool. It's the the it's unifying it, making it a digital engagement platform and not just a claims platform that's been a huge propellant. Um, to us. And I'm proud to say, you know, the last couple of years, we won the technology challenge against some really big companies. Yeah. Never intending to win, but just intending to be able to have the platform to talk about what we do. And we were blessed to win it twice. And then this year, a complete surprise that, you know, it happened recently that we got the platinum dealer choice for customer retention. Very and, cool. Yeah. And you know, we didn't expect it. I, frankly, I'll say this. We didn't even know we we're eligible. <laughs> but the, the part that I'm very proud of is we didn't campaign for it. Yeah, it's it voted happened. on by the dealers. I mean, it, yeah, it, it absolutely, happened. that speaks yeah. to volumes of what you're out there doing. Yeah, and it, it, it is making a tremendous difference. And we're, we're, we're in it for the long haul. We're very proud of what we've created and there's a lot more to do. And yeah. we're also very proud of, I wanna acknowledge this too, for people like you, your agency, the dealers, the administrators that have that are like-minded and have embraced us, um, I can't express enough gratitude. Um, there's, you know, it's uh, to be a leader is not easy, and to take the conventional methods of the industry and turn them on its head with digital engagement um, takes courage. And yep. Uh, I'm very proud of those who have led this because again, we are a behind the scenes company mm -hmm. with this big idea and this, this, this right now solution. Um, but it takes leaders to lead it. And yep. I'm glad we've been able to inspire it. But more than that, there are people that have just absolutely put their arms around us and help fuel the mission and, uh, I, I'm immensely, we all are on our team, immensely grateful for that. Yeah, that's everyone believes in where you're going. So it's uh, 
uh, just speaks to the crusade that you started so many years ago. So that's fantastic. Bloody crusade. <laughs> yes, exactly. So now, uh, now that we're towards the end, and this has been phenomenal, I think a lot of people are going to take a lot out of it. You yep. always bring so much passion about what you're doing and what you're delivering in the company's mission. Um, I think that this is just a presentation in itself. It's like, here, if you want to learn about what, what's going on here and what you're going to benefit, just push play and, and it's off to the races. So I won't be lengthy about this, but you know, the first time I, I heard the, the Simon Sinek start with why mm -hmm. that really speaks to me yep. um, that, you know, if you don't have passion and purpose, a cause, then what are you doing? Right. Um, and if you can't articulate it, that's step number one, right? Yep. Um, and there's one thing he says, which I, which I love is, you know, what's your purpose? What's your cause? Why do you get up in the morning and why should anybody care? Yep. I love Absolutely. that, right? I mean, yep. that, that's a sobering, self-reflective, um, you know, are we doing something that matters? Yep. Um, I love the mission we're on. I love the fact that we're not doing it alone. Um, and even though I would never say that there's benefits of the pandemic, because a lot of people have been harmed by it, it certainly has been a catalyst for waking people up in our industry. Yeah, yeah, no and, question. And for that, I'm grateful, certainly not for the pandemic. Right. But, um, growth has been tremendous. And uh, again, grateful to you for the time on the podcast here. And sharing the vision and the message. I love what you're doing. I love the purpose of this podcast. And Good. I encourage people that beyond watching this one, go look at some of these other episodes because they're strong. They're I appreciate good. it. I appreciate it. So we're going to end with the fast five to yeah, five totally random, spontaneous questions you're not prepared for. Um, so, you know, you- Just as long as there's no yeah. complex math questions. No, no, no <laughs> complex math. I would lose myself. It would no longer be the fast five anymore, right? It would be the frustrated five. Hold on, let me get my pen and paper ready. Yeah, right, exactly. So the first one is you speak obviously so much about customer experience and customer experience and customer experience. And that's such a mantra and it's such a just cause. Speaking of Simon Sinek, is so tell me about your worst customer experience, either in automotive or out, uh, that you just left your you know head scratching moment. You know, recently, and I shared this on LinkedIn. I had a um, a local Ford dealership that has a quick lane for uh, for you know oil change and tire rotation and air filter change. And I called him up and I said, hey, can I, is the quick, because I didn't really understand the kind of quick lane sounds like you get to pull in and somebody takes care of you and you, you know. Yeah, you're in and out. Like Jiffy Lube or something like yeah, that. Right. Like, eh, you know, it, you're know, you better to make an appointment. That was, I was kind of paused by that. Like, okay, whatever, that's fine. Somewhat so of an oxymoron there, right? You need an appointment for the quick lane. <laughs> so let me, let me make an appointment. So I make an appointment for noon. My, my, our calendars are busy. All of ours are, right? Um, I got an hour carved out in the middle of my day for a break for lunch or whatever. So I'm like, I'll bring it there at noon. And I bring it in and I roll out of there three hours later. Oh my gosh. Out of the quick lane. Out of the quick lane. Oh boy. And the whole process, and again, educational for me, student of the industry, right? About They don't know that I'm in the industry, but observing this, the first thing was I'm an hour and a half into it. And my car's still sitting outside. I can see it. Oh, wow. 
So I walk up and again, I, I never shoot the messenger thing. It's not fair, right? So I'm never belligerent to the guy or girl behind the desk. I'm like, hey, you know what? I've already been here an hour and a half. It's longer than I even thought I'd be here for the whole thing. And my car still has We're getting TNX, we're getting TNX. Well, do you have any clue? Be honest with me. Cause I got, you know, now I'm gonna be doing webinars from my smartphone in the dealer's waiting room. Can you give me a, a realistic time frame? You should be out of here in another 30 minutes. Um, I was out an hour longer. Oh, now here's the worst part of it. So at the end of it, they gave me some like, hey, we're changing some personnel. It's kind of a temporary bump in the road. So I gave them credit for that. Uh, on my next oil change cycle, uh, I called and made an appointment at noon, same exact deal. And I was there for almost four hours. Oh my gosh. And I was on an oil change interval, right? This wasn't like next week. Right. Several months away. This is what we have to figure out. Why would I ever come back as a consumer? Yep. You know, right. this, you is what we, this is what we have to ask her. I gave him the benefit of the doubt the first time I went right. back, right? Yep. And I think that's something that teaches me an awful lot that, you know, one is if the experience is going to be worse than expected, communicate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's okay. I'd rather you deliver the bad news to me, and I appreciate that rather than just stringing me out for four hours for an oil change. Absolutely, because I'm certain I could have rolled into a Jiffy Lube and gotten yep. it done in 15 minutes. Yeah, um, without an appointment. Yeah. So you know, I think you know, I take those as learning experiences, yep. and you know, help use those for what we do. So go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Did, did yeah, yeah. No, no, that's good. I think it's. I think a great story that ties right into the mission that you're on. I think it's great. So obviously, you said you're on the road every week, in and out of dealerships. Um, anybody that's been a road warrior has a story or two to tell. So uh, craziest travel experience that you've run into. Oh my God, that's endless. You know, I feel like I can write a book about this stuff, right? So the, the thing I would say is, you know, I'm, I always marvel being on an airplane as often as I am about the orchestration that makes that industry work. I mean, mm -hmm. if you think about everything that just has to go flawlessly, yep. um, I'm, I'm amazed by it. And I'm equally amazed by it. as often as I've traveled and all the, you know, highest status I have and all that stuff. Um, I still marvel. I understand aerodynamics and lift. I still marvel how those big birds get off the ground. Oh, it's amazing. I'm, I'm blown, I'm blown away by it. The thing there's, there's a term that is, I hate, which you'll hear every once in a while on an airplane that causes a delay. Now I say, if you see somebody who gets upset at a weather or a mechanical delay, I'll show you somebody who doesn't travel very much. Right. This is part of the deal, right? Yep. Yep. So there's two things that that really get under my skin, though, from from just an experience standpoint. One is, if you ever hear the term deferred maintenance? Oh yeah. We're delayed because of deferred maintenance. That means the <laughs> FAA let them get away with something that had to be done repeatedly. Yep. And now they've reached a backstop where they they must fix it before the jet moves. I hate that term. Yeah, no kidding. But then the other one, which is remarkable to me, I'm a very traditional out very early Monday morning and back very late Friday night. So that Monday morning bird, the first one out, right? 
And I'm getting out of bed at three o'clock in the morning and shuttling over to the airport, get to the airport, get through security, you know, do my thing. Um, and then you get a notice that because the crew didn't have enough sleep, the planes delayed two hours. Oh. And what's mind bending about that is, didn't they know that last night? Right, exactly. When they were getting <laughs> in and going to bed, you really can do the math then. Yeah, did I have to get up at 3 a.m.? I think you right. did that the night before. Yeah. Um, the one thing that has changed, there, there, there used to be tremendous perks, like global services, mm -hmm. member for United. Those have kind of washed away. Um, the, I, I can tell you lots of great experiences I've had as a global services member when they alert me first that the bird isn't going to fly and they've already rebooked me on another flight. And I'm off yeah. the airplane before anybody else knows what's going on. Yeah brilliant customer experience to a loyal customer right yeah, uh, yeah. those have really watered down lately yeah um, it's you know i feel like a general member these days um it's it, it doesn't seem like there's very much attribute and i am i will say this with my wife and earshot um you know i'm also recognize that when i get on a plane and i know the crew that's on there I'm probably away from home more than. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know that feeling. Yep, yeah, absolutely. They, they, I walk on and like, hey, Mr. Episella, how you doing? I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Welcome back. Yeah, exactly. Go so ahead. obviously you and I both share a tremendous amount of passion for this industry and all of the opportunities that provided so many people with such a diverse background. What's the, the number one thing that you would say you love about this industry more than anything else? Certainly it's resilience, right? I mean, if you take a look at how everybody felt just, you know, 14, 15 months ago um, about, you know, was this the end of the ride? Um, the resilience is really powerful. And I think too, you know, the, in, we're going through a period right now where, you know, with these chip shortages, um, I hear a lot of sound bites about, you know, hey, car dealers are making more money than they've ever made before. That's not exactly true. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you qualify that a little further, they're making more money than they've ever made before on each individual car, but they're selling a lot less cars. And, you know, that's a challenge for everybody. But the, the resilience of that is what did the auto industry do when new cars were in shortage? Start selling more used cars. Yep, right? absolutely. Like figure, pivot. Out, figure out the path and pivot and, and do it. Yep. So, um, you know, I think resilience is. Yeah. Important. And I think also with what's going on right now with the 100% online retailers, I'm an advocate for what needs to happen in order to rise above that. Um, the industry will find its way there. Mm -hmm. I'm certain of it. Um, yep. and it. Maybe it's not as fast as we would all like it to be, um, but it will occur. The, the yeah. industry will, anybody who just says like, hey, just wait a minute, everything will go back to normal. Um, I don't think that's true. Yeah. Um, there's too much to be said about the value that some of these online retailers are bringing to the equation. And the industry, the brick and mortar part of the industry needs to not catch up to that, but exceed that. Yeah. Um, there, there. Are, I love the voices that are out there. I love hearing guys like Brian Benstock or Brian Kramer or you know others out there that are dealer principles that are beating the drum that we have to evolve or die. 
and mm -hmm. the industry will not do the latter. Yeah. Um, it will find its way. Yeah, the industry is not going away. No, no. question. No. Yep. Um, so you're in the technology space. You've de designed a very cool and interactive platform for dealers and customers to engage and interact with each other. Um, certainly, you've done a million webinars and presentations. So I'm imagining at some point in time, there was a technology snafu that some widget didn't work with the plugin port. So any stories about that? Yeah, you know, so, um, you know, even though we might not be the genesis of the problem, we like to be a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. So one of the most common things is user error. Somebody who doesn't know how to turn their phone on or off or doesn't know how to download an app, you know, every once in a while we come across <laughs> that. Um, but we don't take that as an irritant. We're happy to educate and support, but it's amazing. You know, like I had somebody recently that um, was, their phone was acting up and they were having difficulty working in our application, but then they quickly admitted like, boy, I'm having a problem in a lot of my apps on my phone. So that's one of the troubleshooting things is, you know, hey, how about restarting your phone? They're like, you can turn your phone off? <laughs> yes, yes, you can. It is a computer and it does need to be rebooted every once in a while. Yep. But then it also makes you think about, um, you know, we've come across one of the troubleshooting things we do is, okay, what version of your operating system do you have on your phone or whatever? Mm -hmm. And, or what version phone do you have? You know, every once in a while, they're like, you know, I got an iPhone 4. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Time to head to the store. <laughs> Apple yep. doesn't even support the iPhone 4 anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> nope, not anymore. Um, okay, so last one. Um, obviously, traveled around a lot. You've been, at, I'm sure, at some big dinners with some big people. Uh, so absolutely favorite meal. You know, I'm going to tell you, this is the Achilles heel of my life, you know. So, you know, managing my health and weight is always a challenge when you're on the road. Mm -hmm. because especially when you do a good job, the people you're, you're with want to take you to the best steakhouse um, at nine o'clock at night and you're presented with a 3000 calorie meal. And then you go back to your hotel. That's right. not the greatest life. The seafood tower, the bread right. basket, the salad, the entree, the dessert. Absolutely. But I do, you know, the thing that I would say, I don't know that I could point to, I've been spoiled. I've been to so many brilliant places and I'm grateful for the experiences, but it's similar to golf, you know, the dinner or a round of golf is that moment where you can disconnect and, and similar, Ryan, the, the way our experience has been here today, um, just be real with one another mm -hmm. yep. and, and undistracted. Um, and I, those are the things I cherish about those opportunities. So, I mean, yeah. there, there's, I know a lot of us have crossed has in the same brilliant restaurants around the country. Uh, I could think of a lot in uh, New York City that have, were crazy, obviously Vegas with the shows mm -hmm. or any of the, you know, intervals of New Orleans or, you know, what was an interval in San Francisco. Um, but I do think it's the atmosphere it creates like a round of golf or, yeah. you know, uh, or, you know, some of these, I know you guys do them and some others do them where these, you know, these incentive trips where you can break away out of the normal environment, just be real people. And that kind of connection um, is very, very valuable. And it's one of the things, you know, again, I never forget, because I, I said before, like, re business relationships are like personal relationships. 
is businesses built on relationships. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that and understands that. Yep. And great longstanding relationships are built on good communication. Yep. And it's kind of the undertow of what we're doing is it's not if you're communicating, but how you're communicating that makes the connection or not. Yep. Um, and I, I do think moments like that, uh, I'm, I'm a originally a Chicago guy. Um, Food Chicago, is in your blood. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, we've been in Colorado for a decade now, which I love. And I know you have a Colorado history too. Yep. Um, I love Chicago. And the only thing I say about moving to Colorado, the only thing I regret is that we didn't do it sooner. Mm-hmm. But this is not the food capital of the world. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> no, it is not. No, it is not a food oasis. That is for sure. The the full the food culture there is uh, too new to be significant. And it's, you know, it's a very healthy, driven yes. community mindset. And yep. so the concept of being at Gibson Steakhouse in Chicago, uh, which is one of those spots, um, is it's not a, on the forefront of everybody's mind. Right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's not good. A, not, so not enough, not enough seeds and greens. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I don't think Gibson's would fare well right downtown Boulder. <laughs> no, no, you know, but there is a, you know, one of the first times I was in um, Sugarland area, you know, the Houston suburb, I was introduced to Perry Steakhouse, um, and, which is a chain, you know, it's not just there in Texas, but we have one now in the Colorado area, mm. and that's, it was kind of a welcome addition, it's not as close as I would like it, but yeah. Um, it's definitely a place I would recommend going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Steve, this has been outstanding. Thank you so much. I appreciate all your insight and wisdom and uh, the passion that you bring to the conversation. It's phenomenal. Looking forward for uh, all the big unveils that you have coming in the future and where you help the industry get with the customer journey. So thank you again for all your time today. Appreciate you, Ryan. Thank you. All right, have a great day. Thank you to all of our listeners for joining us over these past few weeks to listen to Stephen Apicella. We value every one of our listeners and thank you for listening and sharing. Next week, we'll be taking a week off for Thanksgiving, but we will be back on December 2nd. For all the latest episodes, you can find App on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and our website. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button.